Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to talk on the subject today that um, what makes us different as Christians when the issues of life try and place anxiety and all those things on us. What makes us different from the world? Because the Bible says that adversity will come, make no mistake, that the offences are inevitable. Adversity is inevitable. So I think we need to just get one thing straight. When you become a Christian, it doesn't mean life becomes peachy keen. It doesn't mean now no problems ever come my way. And so many of us have a wrong understanding of the Father when adversity comes at us as Christians, we blame God and we get mad at God and we live in anxious thoughts. Now, God never said that in this life, that once you become a Christian, that everything's gonna be okay. But He did promise that He would never leave you or forsake you and that He calls us to be overcomers, right? He says that He is the Prince of Peace. Yeah, you can applaud that. But He is the Prince of Peace and He gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. And this is what sets us apart from the world. Number one, our love for God and our love for one another, but also the way we overcome the issues of life that get thrown at us. This is really where the rubber hits the road. Because what I have watched in my existence is that most Christians just blend in to how the world acts when something negative comes at them. But what sets us apart is when we understand that God is good all the time, regardless of our circumstances. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it doesn't change the fact that God is good. And so the way we overcome is going to be how the world watches and says, I want what they have, right? And so today I wanna talk to us because what I'm noticing as a pastor, and I've been a pastor for 25 years and I've watched this trajectory of anxiety in the church become just as prevalent as in the world. And I question it constantly because I'm saying, if we have the same Spirit that we're just saying about, that same Spirit of God that moved upon those disciples, that same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. If that Spirit lives in us, why are we being overcome? Because we've got something that the world doesn't have and the world has things thrown at them, but they don't know how to overcome because they're not given the spiritual keys on how to overcome. And so I want us to hear today, it's a really simple sermon, one that you're gonna take away and be able to put into practice every time something in life comes to overwhelm you. Because we all face anxious thoughts, right? We all face times of sadness and debilitating pressure. We all face it when we, we've all gone there. I don't think there's one human being on this planet that's just gone, well, everything's been perfect and awesome. And there have been seasons in my life where I felt like I can't take another thing. And I've learned this 
uh, this key little thing that I'm gonna teach you how to overcome. This is why my mind is full of pieces because my mind has been stayed in Him and I've learned the keys of how to overcome. It doesn't mean that anxiety has not come at my door in my mind. It doesn't mean that depression has tried to encroach my life. It doesn't mean that the effects of the sin of this world have not tried to take me out. But there I've got to be resolute that I have a key that is this Word that helps me overcome every battle that the enemy throws at me. And I wanna read from Philippians chapter four, verse six, and it says this, and we all know it, but it says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make our requests known to God. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. Wow. Now let's look at this for a minute. Be anxious for nothing. Ooh, that means nothing. That means zero. That means everything you're facing right now that is causing anxiety, He's saying, don't be anxious about it. He's saying anything in this world, nothing, nothing, nothing means zero. That means any pressure, any financial lack, any sickness, any relational breakdown, He's saying, don't be anxious about it. It's like easy for you to say. (laughs) Be anxious for nothing. But now it's gonna tell you how to be anxious for nothing because it says, but in everything. In every situation, every single day, every single moment, you're thrown with pressure. Every time you feel that sense of not being able to breathe, every time you feel that suffocation come up, He says, in everything, every moment, every second, every day, with prayer. See, we protest instead of pray. We complain instead of make our requests known to God. We whine instead of worship. We worry instead of worship. Because it says in everything with prayer and petition. Petition means I'm gonna keep going at it until something shifts. See, we don't pray. We maybe pray a little, oh God, please help me. And then we leave it and then we go back to our worry. And he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. Can I just give you a really simple tool that you cannot be depressed and grateful at the same time. You cannot be sad and thankful at the same time. So this is why when He says, when you go to pray and you go to petition, make sure you do it with a thankful heart. Because you cannot feel sad when you start being grateful for having breath in your lungs. When you just see the sun shining. I mean, you guys live in paradise in Orange County in California. I mean, you've got nothing to be anxious about. I live in Tennessee where the bugs are like elephants. You know, I'm anxious about those wasps that come at me every morning and night in the summertime. But in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, giving, present your request to God. 
Not coming with your fist and why God and what for, but with thanksgiving, God, I thank You that You have given me life in my lungs. I thank You that You have given me a roof over my head. I thank You that I have a car to drive. I thank You that I live better than most of the world. I thank You, God, that I am loved. I thank You for Your salvation. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit. I'm thankful for Your peace. I'm thankful for a community of believers that can I can call on at any time. I'm thank- See, already, oh, how exciting is everyone? Why? We're thankful. You can't be anxious when you're thankful. And it says, present your request to God. And then after all of those things, it says the peace of God will transcend all natural understanding and it will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Just like that. But you know that we just don't do it, do we? We would rather get on the phone and regurgitate the problem and focus on the problem instead of pray. We would rather worry and just go into a tailspin instead of worship. And this is where God is wanting to teach you, church, that we can pray all we like for God to take it from us, but He goes, you know what? You've got the keys to overcome every adversity that comes your way. See, Psalm 55, 22 says, cast your cares, your worries, your concerns on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never let the righteous fall. You have been made righteous in Christ. And so you will never fall if you cast your care and get it as far away from you. See, we were never designed as humans to carry anxiety and fear. We weren't designed, we're not wired to carry worry and stress. It's not in our makeup, but because of sin, we've taken on the cares of this world and it has made us sick. And so God's very smart in when He's saying, cast your care because I care for you and I will sustain you and I won't let you fall. In 1 Peter verse 5, 7, it says, cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Another version says, be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. There is an ability in all of us as Christians to stand firm and the enemy has to flee just like he did with Jesus in the wilderness. He came three times, but because Jesus stood firm on the Word and said, it is written by the third time, the devil had to give up and he had to move away because he couldn't win. He couldn't engage in a conversation with Jesus because Jesus said, sorry, devil, it is written. Sorry, devil, it is written. Sorry, devil, it is written. But when we don't know what is written, the enemy has the final say. And so we've got to stand firm to resist him. Psalm 94, 19 says, When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. So I'm gonna give you five keys real quick 
on how to overcome your anxious thoughts. And it comes from the word CARES, and it's an acronym, Cast Your Cares, C-A-R-E-S. So we're gonna quickly go through these, but I tell you, if you learn to apply, and see, I've been, again, a pastor for 25 years, and I cannot tell you how many times we will preach a message and we will give the keys to the people, and then after service, the people will come up to me and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? And I'll be like, oh my gosh, was I speaking another language? You know why the reason I'm up here with the microphone? Because all I did was apply this to my life. I'm no more special than anyone in this room. The difference between overcomers and that those that are overcome are those that apply the Word. You know, that's as simple as it gets, guys. It's as simple as it gets. But we're lazy and we don't want to. We want the pastor to labour on our behalf. We want the pastor to get the revelation for us. We want the pastor to pray for us. I have even people say, can you lay hands on me so I can get your anointing? No, the anointing is not transferable. The anointing is given by God to you, but it comes through crushing. It comes through labouring in prayer. It comes through overcoming. It comes from having authority over an area. That's how you get a great anointing. And there is an anointing for you, for you, for you and for you. There's an anointing for us all to overcome. Because I should be a basket case, people. I said that in all services. I should, I was a hot mess. But because I chose to apply what God said to me, I have now overcome and I have a peace that surpasses all understanding in my life. And I live in peace. My home is peace. My family, we live in perfect peace. You come to our house, it's like a sanctuary. There's no bickering, there's no fighting, there's no yelling, there's no angst. There's peace, but we had to fight in the Spirit to get there doesn't just appear with the fairies. So we're gonna teach you. First letter C, the cares. First word is cry out. You know, we've gotta learn to cry out to God. It's okay to cry, men. It's actually really healthy for you to cry. Someone very wise once said to me, Alex, when adversity hits your home, And this woman had had four beautiful children and one of her children had got meningitis and ended up being brain damaged and came home because of a misdiagnosis. And I remember her sharing with me because I looked at her life and the way she raised those boys and raised that boy with special needs. And she's an overcomer and she's a powerhouse of a woman. And she said, Alex, the first thing I had to do was learn to cry a river. I cried a river. And if you don't learn to cry, you suppress that which needs to come out and then you can't let God build on that. See, some of us wanna stay strong. We think that we've been told to stay strong. But according to Scripture in Psalm 56, 8, in the New Living Translation, and they might not have it up here because I said NIV, but it says, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in the bottle and you've recorded each one in your book. That says to me that God is very concerned about our tears. And it's okay to cry out. It's okay to feel 
when you're overwhelmed. It's not okay to suppress and to, you know, I was told when I was younger, you know, have more faith and get over it because that's not right. You've got to go through the process of grieving. If you've lost someone, it's okay to cry. And there is no textbook telling you how long you need to grieve for. If you've lost something in your life, let the process of grief take that out of you. But then there will be a day where God says, okay, sweetheart, it's time to get up from your slumber. It's time to get up from your bed. So the first thing is to cry out. Allow yourself to cry. David cried throughout the Psalms. Job cried throughout his life. Ruth cried out when she was barren and she was being persecuted for being barren by her other woman person in the family, which is so weird for lots of wives, but she was being uh, ridiculed for not having a baby and she learnt to cry out and God hears our cry. But then there's gotta be a day where you get up. And when you get up, you need to do letter A and that means appeal and you've got to appeal to God's nature. You've got to appeal to the just judge of heaven because there may be something thrown at you, a verdict or a diagnosis or something over your life and you can be sitting under it and you can take it or you can, like most innocent people do, they make an appeal to the higher court. They go and make an appeal and they're like, I don't agree with that verdict of guilty. I don't agree with that diagnosis of terminal. I don't agree with that uh, terminology of divorce and separation. I'm not gonna agree with that, that I am addicted. I'm not gonna live under that diagnosis of depression and anxiety and fear and all of those sorts of things. And God is saying, would you appeal to the just judge who can overrule that which the enemy has tried to strike against you? Because you have Holy Spirit as your advocate. He goes in to the courtroom of heaven with you and He appeals on your behalf and we can appeal to the just judge. And there are things that I have had to appeal in my life that when my husband was going through a season of depression where he was in fetal position, he didn't wanna get up, he didn't wanna live. And I thought, well, he can't pray right now and I'm called to be his helpmate. So guess what? I'm gonna get up every day and I'm gonna appeal to the courts of heaven and I will not let the enemy take over my husband's mind for his mind is stayed on him and it will be full of perfect peace. So I began to storm my carpet and I would walk up and down and I would appeal to the Father and I say, that is not who Henry Seely is. Henry Seely is a man of God. Henry Seely is a worshipper. Henry Seely is an overcomer. Henry Seely is called to live above and not beneath. Henry Seely is called to lead our household. He's meant to be a father. I am not meant to be widowed. I will not have my children be orphaned. And I appeal to the just judge of heaven and that depression released, not after a week, not after a month. I prayed that sucker for over a year. Over a year. And I had war warriors praying with me, Debbie and Ian being those people. We got together and we began to appeal on His behalf. Don't give up. Don't sit back and take what the enemy is throwing at us because I'm telling you, that's when anxiety takes over you. But you've got to appeal to His nature that is good and that He works all things together for our good 
And that we can say, God, that may be the fact, but I'm telling you, the truth is that you are healer. The truth is you are deliverer. The truth is you are provider. So know your word so that you can throw it back at him. Because in your word, it says, it is written. It is written. Appeal. Third letter, R, remember. Remember His miracles. Remember His miracles. Remember. Do you realise that as humans, we remember what we should be forgetting and we forget that which we should be remembering. What we're doing is we're focusing on all the things that are bad have happened to us and we forget the good things. And God says, remember, that's why the Israelites had memorial points because every time they saw that rock or that thing that they would place there, they would say, that is where God parted the sea. That is where He provided manna. That is where He delivered us from that enemy. That is when He came through for us. So if He did it then, He'll do it again. And we're to remember. And when you remember, you're like, God, you healed my barren womb. That means you're gonna heal my back. God, you healed that headache. So you're gonna heal the cancer because it means nothing to you. They're one and the same to you. See, we've gotta remember. Stop remembering that which you should be forgetting. Psalm 103 verse two says, praise the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now listen, look at all His benefits. He forgives all your sin. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Praise the Lord, oh my soul, I can't forget. He's given me all those things in salvation. But we forget and we look at what we don't have. And we look at all the problems that we do have instead of how good and big our God is. So we need to cry out. We need to appeal to His nature. We need to remember His miracles. And now we need to E, enlarge Him over our circumstances. When you worship, what are we doing? We're not, you know, God's not a narcissistic God that wants all the worship. He's like, worship me, worship me, worship me. No, what are we doing? We are putting God in His rightful place and we're reminding ourselves of how good He is. When you're in worship, you are enlarging Him to the magnificent and you're realising that as I look and turn my eyes upon Jesus, that beautiful old song that we hardly sing anymore, turn our eyes upon Jesus. Jesus, look full in His wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light, in light of His glory and grace. See, when we turn our eyes and we worship Him, and this is why the enemy wants to keep you home and not coming out to church. So I'm commending all of you that are here because when we're not feeling like it, I'm not talking about when we're unwell, when we just don't feel like coming to church, that's actually the time you need to be in church because when you worship Him, you're putting Him in His rightful place and you're enlarging Him. And I remember there was a season in my life where I literally 
just was so overcome by anxiety in Melbourne. And I remember this problem just not going away. And I, I remember actually God saying, why don't you put on that video that Louis Giglio has on Indescribable, where he talks about the galaxies. And if you've ever seen it, you can YouTube it, I'm sure. But he, he basically p- paints the picture of just how majestic and how wonderful our God is. As I be, and in my natural mindset, I was like, who feels like watching a science lesson on you know the galaxy? I don't really feel like it. But I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do it. And see, this is the thing, when God tells you to do something, go read your Word, go put the worship on, you need to obey because I'm telling you, your breakthrough's on the other side. But where we fall into anxiety is then when we do what we always do, expecting a different result. And we all know what that means. That means insanity. So let's do the prompting of Jesus when He says, put that on. And I put this video on and at first I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just going over, going over. But then there just came this one moment where I realised just how big God is, but how intentional and detailed He is to meet me. I'm not kidding, guys. I end up falling on my face before God and I'm repenting because all I've been doing is magnifying the problem and making God as small as my problem. But when I got back a little and I began to look at the grandeur and the magnificence of who He is, I couldn't help but wonder and go, well, if He's that big, then my problem is so easy for him to fix. But when I take control of that problem and I'm focused on it like this, I give him no room to move on my behalf. So we need to enlarge. See, when Job was going through his issues and he had one bad day, he had every right to be anxious. He had every right to be depressed. He lost all of his children. He lost all of his livelihood in one day and then he was stricken with sickness. And when he's questioning God, God doesn't give him the answer that he's looking for. Do you know how God replies to him? Read it. In Job 40 plus, he just begins to say, Job, where were you when I hung the moon? Where were you when I divided the water from the earth? Where were you when I called night, night and day, day? Like, where were you? Do you think you know better than me? Do you realise that I know every detail and every facet of your life, but instead of you asking why, why don't you begin to worship? And Job says the most magnificent thing. He says, my eyes have heard, of, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. The message version says, and now I will shut I've heard of you. Oh, but now I've seen how good you are. I've seen how big you are. So it's time for me to shut up and not ask why. But this is what I will do. And this is the last thing. S is I will sing and I will worship. For He gives and He takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will sing even when I don't feel like it. I will choose to worship even when it costs me. I'm telling you, when you begin to worship, when you don't feel like it, something falls off you. You are not stuck in the miry clay anymore. There's been many, many times, and I know I cry a lot, but when I feel the presence of God, I can't help but be overwhelmed because guys, 
I live in peace because of this. And I see so many people who don't live in peace and they call themselves a Christian. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop letting the enemy rob you of your joy. Stop letting the enemy rob you of your peace. You've got all authority to overcome. But we've got to learn to sing when we don't feel like it. We've got to choose to worship even when it looks grim. And I remember when I, many times, I mean, in one 18 month period, I lost my grandmother. I lost my father to cancer. I lost my best friend and my cousin to a heroin overdose. I moved states. I became a mother. My father died. My husband went into fierce depression. And I remember going, I don't know if I can take another hit. But I learned how to sing. I learned how to sing in the midst of adversity. I learned how to worship in my bathroom and in my bedroom and in my car. I learned how to turn up in church and just open my arms and just say, Jesus, even though it doesn't make sense, I choose You and I worship You even though it looks so bad right now, but I choose to keep my eyes on You. And I tell you, when you learn to sing, it is incense to heaven. But you know what it also is to the enemy? It's kryptonite. It's kryptonite to the enemy because he cannot handle our praise. And what we're doing is we are dispelling all natural mindset that the enemy wants us to curse God and live in our depression. But when we worship God, we literally show all the principalities. In Ephesians, it talks about this, that we teach the principalities in the heaven and under the earth how it means to worship Him. Because on this side of eternity, we are gonna have pain. We're not having pain on the other side of eternity. On this side of eternity is when we get the opportunity to worship Him. We're not gonna be able to worship Him in pain in heaven because there are no tears in heaven. There is no lack in heaven. There is no divorce in heaven. There is no sickness in heaven. So on this side of eternity, every opportunity, we're gonna choose to sing. We're gonna choose to lift up His Name. We're gonna choose to magnify the King. And I'm telling you, things are gonna begin to shift. Things are gonna begin to break up and you will overcome. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed. 